We are 20 days or fewer, depending on when you're listening to the show, from the NFL draft. We're going to have a draft preview breakdown of all the top prospects from the Oklahoma Sooners and those that might be a little bit underrated. We'll talk about that and more on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Oklahomies, and those who are fans of the Sooners as well? Welcome to the Locked On Sooners podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Thank you for joining me. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John Nine Williams. Joining me is my co-host Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at Josh on Ref. You can also listen to him Monday through Friday from nine to noon on 1400 Sports Talk and 94.7 The Ref out of Norman. Josh, man, how you doing? I am doing fantastic. Ready to talk some NFL draft this evening. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. It's always draft season uh, if you listen to the draft analyst. Now, somebody who, like myself, used to cover the NFL a little bit more closely, following the Dallas Cowboys and writing about the Dallas Cowboys, uh, the NFL draft was always such a fun thing to dig into, NFL draft and free agency. Now that I'm fully immersed in into college sports, I've had to recreate that passion and love through nil the transfer portal and recruiting so it's it's kind of fun to get back into the nfl draft stuff i want to kind of hit you with this off the top and this is a mock draft from pro football focus who arguably is probably the biggest fan of nick bonito well they had nick bonito going 44 overall to the cleveland browns so first of all let me get your take on just how high he's gone because that's easily the highest i've seen him selected in any mock draft this uh, winter and spring. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what front half of the second round. So, you know, not in any danger, according to that projection of falling into the third round, which there's a lot of, you know, mock drafters out there that sort of look at Nick Benito as a third round, or maybe even later NFL draft selection. I like the landing spot for him. I know there's a lot of Oklahoma fans that, aren't particularly fond of the Cleveland Browns at this particular moment in time, but, you know, projecting that out moving forward with the Deshaun Watson playing quarterback with some of the skill talent that they have there in Cleveland for Nick Benito to be able to step in and be a pass rusher specialist for the Cleveland Browns. I kind of really did that potential fit for him and great to see him landing in the second round. Yeah. And I think what is interesting about this is, that he does go in the top half of the second round where most projections have him towards the bottom half or even the third round. Again, pro football focus has always been a big fan. They are, they're always really high on him. A lot of it due to his pass rush win rate, his pass rush productivity that they measure over there at pro football focus. He has one of the highest pass rush win rate over the last two years in the FBS and uh, John owning who used to cover the Dallas Cowboys full-time now works for pro football focus. He put out a thread on Twitter. If you don't follow him at John owning, just, laying out all the reasons why he loves Nick Bonito and somebody that he considers as a first round to second round talent. So somewhere in that 20 to 40 range of draft prospects. And, and you're seeing a lot more people kind of 
get hip to the idea that Nick Bonito is one of the better players in this draft. Again, a lot of the discussion on him is size. And I think what we're doing is we're kind of, we're missing the, missing the mark a little bit on that. Like you look at a player like Randy Gregory, who was initially before he tested positive for marijuana was looked at as a top half of the first round draft pick coming out of the Nebraska six, four, two thirty five When he came out, what's Nick Bonito measuring? 63248. Now, and also Nick Bonito's kind of size measurables compared pretty favorably to Wisconsin uh, edge rusher TJ Watt, who had less production at Wisconsin, was also a first round draft pick. Where Nick Bonito might have size issues is in length, arm length, hand size, that kind of a thing. But he's got the physical makeup to be a bona fide pass rusher, bona fide edge player in the NFL. And we talk about him a lot as a pass rusher, but he holds up just as well in the run game. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, he's been steady in the run game. It hasn't really been something that he's, you know, struggled with in a big way, which you kind of worry about that sometimes with pass rushers. But Nick Benito was very good in that regard. I, I told you, when we first talked about Nick Benito, though, thinking about the NFL draft, man, if I had a second round pick and he was still on the board, especially in the second half of the second round and Nick Benito's there, I'm taking him strictly because of his ability to rush the passer in the NFL. Now more than ever with teams dropping back more than they ever have before the emphasis to have great pass rushers, you got to have it. So for that alone, I kind of look at, and I know we haven't really dove into Perry on Winfrey yet, but I sort of look at the draftable players for this, this group of Oklahoma guys. And I say, if there's two that I feel really comfortable in saying, I think they're potentially going to have great NFL careers, it would be Perry on Winfrey. And I think Nick Benito are the two I'm most comfortable about. Yeah. And I think that's fair. And I think we've seen a lot of, uh, Perron Winfrey love in the draft analyst circles. It's interesting to me, though, recently it feels like he's also slipped back a bit where after the senior bowl, Perron Winfrey had risen to maybe the back end of the first round, like pick 30, 32, 30 to 32, but definitely the top half of the second. But you're starting to see him kind of slide back a little bit more. Brian Osamoa was another guy that was getting a lot of love uh, at the top of the second round. Now that things kind of settled in, he's also slid back as well. So let's talk just first of all, who do you think is going to be the guy that gets selected first out of Oklahoma's 12 draft draft prospects? I'm going to stick with Perry on Winfrey based on what he did at the senior bowl. He obviously was the senior bowl MVP, but just the entirety of that week, what did we hear all week? Oh man, Perry on Winfrey has been putting on a show every single day. It was day after day after day, a different NFL draft analysts had positive things to say about Perry on Winfrey. So even though some of these newer mock drafts, if he's sliding down the board just a little bit from sort of the high that he was on following the senior bowl, I still think that I still think he's probably the most likely to be drafted first out of anybody for Oklahoma. And I, I agree with that actually, because I believe that teams really are coveting interior pass rush ability and he's got that in spades. They're going to love his tenacity as well from the inside. And 
I think he's an underrated run player as well, but he's somebody that you can plug and play immediately on third down, second and long situations and just say, hey, go get the quarterback. He's going to be a really good fit in one-gap schemes in the NFL, but will be able to develop into a two-gapper if a team's willing to be patient with him. Uh, I think the thing I think the thing that happens in April at this point is it becomes this echo chamber, and now you know a lot of the analysts are digging deeper into later prospects, and so maybe some of these guys that they're really high on early on aren't getting as much buzz because well they already talked about them back in february and march now we're on to defensive tackle number five who might be getting a little bit of a bump because now they're getting talked about more and more and so i think what's going to resonate most with teams in the nfl as it regards Perron winfrey is the tenacity the interior pass rush ability and the size because he's he's got that he's a guy that could play one tech uh, for Oklahoma, but is at his best when he's playing a three tech and he's able to just get upfield and rush the passer. So that's going to be really fascinating to see. Brian Asamoa, again, a guy that very athletic, has a lot of speed. What do you think is going to be his best fit, or where do you feel like he's going to go in the draft? I, I feel like still he's kind of a second round prospect. I feel pretty solid about that. But do you do you see the potential of him sliding back into the third? Yeah, I'm sort of more in the neighborhood of third, fourth round with Brian Osamoa, where he ends up getting drafted. But I think, you know, he's got the opportunity to be, you know, a really, really good linebacker for somebody that, you know, takes that chance on him in the third or fourth round. We see the speed. I think at times Osamoa was grappling a little bit with, you know, fully understanding the scheme of Oklahoma and then just fighting back the instincts of, just that, the instinct to go make a play. When Asamoa was at his best was when it's, you know, just get downhill and go put your hat on football. Take a little bit of the thinking out of the equation. I think sometimes, you know, kind of as his career went along, maybe at times he thought a little bit too much, which I get it. You know, you're a linebacker. You've got a lot put on your plate. You're the, you know, one of the captains. He, you know, is a captain of the defense, quarterback of the defense. We always hear that about linebackers. But I think kind of that worked against him. I love the I love the potential. I mean, he can really fly around the football field. But uh, I don't know. I just I would be surprised if he winds up a second round pick. I'm thinking third or later. And that's not even a, a, a knock on him because as the NFL kind of continues to understand positional value, linebackers slid down a little bit. Now you do see linebackers go high when it's the Micah Parsons type. The the guy that is considered the generational prospect now, like that gets thrown around a ton, but I mean, Anthony Hitchens was a fourth round draft pick for the Dallas Cowboys went on to the Kansas city chiefs played a very vital role in their super bowl run. You can be a really good linebacker and get drafted in the third, fourth round. You don't a lot of times the second round too. Darius Leonard was a second round draft pick, but third, fourth round, a lot of times is the kind of the sweet spot for linebacker. Uh, and so him going to the third round, isn't really, it's not a knock on him. It's just the way that the NFL values the position. He's still a top 100 pick, and that is a considered a premium pick in the NFL, whether it's, you know, yes, the first round is more important, but still those third-round picks are very important, and they're considered to be guys that you're, you're hoping to be starters, if not year one, by the time their rookie contract comes up. Coming up next, we're going to continue talking NFL draft, but I want to talk to you about athletic greens. Are you trying to get healthy? Are you trying to – Find better gut health. Well, Athletic Greens is where you want to go. 
They've got all the good stuff all in one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens with 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. With a special blend of ingredients to support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things, like everything that you're looking for to get a better supplement, a better vitamin. I'm getting up there. I'm 39. I'm going to turn 40 this year. I'm always looking for a better way to just improve my health. If not, you know, I'm, I'm starting to exercise more. I'm making sure I take my vitamins. Athletic Greens is going to be really good for me too because it provides all the nutrients that I need as well. So if you're looking for a better way to get healthy with a supplement that you can just throw one scoop into whatever you're drinking and go, Athletic Greens is for you. And you can get a special uh, here at Locked On with a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase of Athletic Greens. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash college. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash college to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance at athleticgreens.com slash college. All right, Josh, a few more questions we want to get into on the NFL draft. So first, let's talk best traits of the 12 declared players. So we'll, we'll rattle off the first couple real quick because we've already, or first few, because we've already talked about them. But Nick Bonito, what is Nick Bonito's best trait? The way he rushes the passer, right? Simple. I mean, and again, as I said, Nick Bonito is a guy to me that simply based on his ability to rush the passer, I'm looking, I'm looking seriously at him if I'm a GM in terms of drafting him. Yeah, and I think he's got a very underrated, refined pass rushing ability. You know, like he's got really, he's really good at kind of ducking under the left tackle. I mean, a lot of guys can run at a, at a tackle and make a move, but he understands how to use his body uh, and to position it in a way that the the tackle can't even get a hand on him. Uh, let's talk Perrin Winfrey. What's Perrin Winfrey's best trait? That's a great question. I, I think similar. I think kind of his ability to create pressure to rush the passer from the in, interior of the defensive line which you know this John for defensive linemen if you can be a defensive tackle and rush a quarterback like that's always been Tom Brady's biggest weakness is interior defensive linemen that can apply pressure so not coming from the edge but from the inside I think Perrion Winfrey is more than capable versus the run but man, I think he's got the chance at the next level to be one of those guys that we step back several years and say, okay, he's a difference maker on the interior rushing the passer. Yeah, 100% agree. I think that's going to be where he makes his money at the NFL level. Brian Osamoa, real quick. I think his speed, you know, sideline to sideline, just, you know, laterally, move, moving one, one sideline to the other, pursuit of the football, is to me one of the big big strengths for Osmo. He's got a great motor, so I'd kind of just put all of that you know in together: the speed, the pursuit, and the motor. Marquise Hayes. Gosh, getting getting into it with the the offensive lineman durability is, mm-hmm. is something I think you always kind of look at with offensive linemen. And Marquise Hayes was somebody that started a lot of football games for Oklahoma, and you know for the most part we didn't really have a lot of those concerns. I like his kind of mean streak. You know what I mean? Like he's a guy that's going to, he's going to try and punish you. He's not just sitting there trying to, uh, to block you. He wants to win and not just win, you know, um, 
win the rep, but really punish you. Uh, let's talk about another offensive lineman real quick, Tyrese Robinson. I think versatility, right? And where is he getting projected for the most part? Is he getting projected as an interior offensive lineman? I'm seeing both. Like I'm seeing guys. I've seen him take snaps at center at the Shrine Bowl. He actually played a little bit of center. Um, I, I would not be surprised to see him playing guard because, I mean, that's really where he was most effective at Oklahoma. He could play a little bit of tackle, and that position versatility is going to help him a lot uh, land on the team. But I think his best spot at the NFL level is going to be guard. Well, I think so too. Uh, the only reason I, I say that is, you know, if you were, again, one of these decision makers for these NFL teams, I love the fact that he's played some, you know, played a lot of guard was able to shift on out and be effective at offensive tackle for Oklahoma. Now, whether or not we kind of project him out to play offensive tackle in the future. Okay. Well, if we get into a pickle, here's somebody that has played Mm -hmm. offensive tackle. So I think that's, you know, his versatility is going to wind up being one of his most attractive assets for a lot of these general managers. Yeah. hundred percent. If you put him at right guard and then you, Hey, Oh, crap we're in a bind here in the game we got to bump him out to right tackle he's not going to be completely lost out there now will you have a bit of a step back potentially but he's a guy that can function as an nfl tackle because he's got the experience at the college level isaiah thomas one of my favorite players in this draft man i'm like a, a broken record here but i just really think you're talking about three guys leaving oklahoma that were tremendous pass rushers And, you know, especially in the case of Benito, we hear so much about can he be an outside linebacker at the NFL level? And I know this is not really answering on Isaiah Thomas just yet, but to me, it's like it's okay to just play a guy and draft a guy to do what they're best at doing. Mm -hmm. And so same thing for Isaiah Thomas. I mean, I kind of view him as a guy that's going to be on the edge, able to provide a pass rush. And I think he's one of those guys that is going to fit a lot of team, a lot more teams, if that makes sense. He, he's not going to be so scheme dependent uh, for a lot of the traditional scouts and traditional GMs that are going to plug a guy in as a four, three defensive end or a three, four. And I think Isaiah Thomas can, can play some, some of both. Uh, He's got the size. He does have some experience playing on the interior for Oklahoma. And I think that's going to benefit him. I see him probably in the fourth round, I feel like that's about the sweet spot for him. Uh, potentially could see him slide into the fifth, but he's got production. He's got size. He's got experience. Maybe the athletic measurables aren't quite there, but I mean, he's a guy that's been productive with what he's got. And I think some team is going to take a chance on him at the very least. He's a rotational defensive end at the NFL level. I think so too. And somebody that drafts Isaiah Thomas, I, I don't know that he's, long-term NFL starter three down you know you know three down defensive end or whatever but somebody's got a chance to really get some pass rush production and you know somebody that's effective against the run too for a cheap asking price I, I think there's a chance he could be even a fifth round type guy which to me if you're getting somebody like Isaiah Thomas in the fifth round heck yeah I'm jumping at that opportunity well, and, and he's kind of a late bloomer, too. It's only been the last couple of years that he's really come on, and that might bode well for his projection in, in the way he kind of continues to escalate his game in the NFL level. I think because he can, you can slot him in and he's going to hold up against the run as well as be an effective pass rusher, I think that's going to help him get an opportunity at the NFL level with somebody. Um, let's continue with this discussion. Let's talk Jeremiah Hall. 
I'm so curious to see where and if he winds up getting drafted. Again, versatility. If you're talking, you know, best traits that somebody has, Jeremiah Hall is somebody that very effective blocker, can catch passes out of the backfield, which, again, for the fullback position, you don't really see a lot of guys that can be effective weapons catching the football out of the backfield, typically at the professional level. And I think Jeremiah Hall is unique enough that he he could be that if he's, you know, put in that type of role for somebody. Maybe like once every three games, all of a sudden there's Jeremiah Hall rumbling down the sideline, you know, surprised out of the backfield. So I love that about his game. Uh, He's just he's kind of that Swiss army knife, man. He can do a lot of different things. If you want to line him up at tight end, Jeremiah Hall could do that. He could be your traditional fullback. Again, good pass catcher really sets him apart from a lot of guys. And I think he's going to be somebody that a creative head coach is going to love. Like I think about Kyle, Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco, Mike Daniels, McDaniels now in Miami teams that or guys that are comfortable using a fullback and taking advantage of that pass catching skill set. Jeremiah Hall is going to be a guy that it, even if he doesn't get the ball thrown his way, when he's on the field, teams are going to have to uh, hold him accountable. They're going to have to take account of his presence because he can beat you down the field. He's He did it at the college level. And that really was his best trait. When he ran the ball, he wasn't super effective when he, when he caught passes, that's where he really made, made some hay. Um, let's talk, let's keep, let's stay in the backfield. Let's talk Kennedy Brooks. What do you think? Kennedy Brooks lands kind of a round projection. I'd say middle rounds for Kennedy Brooks. Again, kind of like we talked about with the linebacker position, especially so with the running back position, it's, it's gotta be somebody really, really unique to be a first round NFL draft pick in today's modern NFL. They just don't spend first round draft picks on running backs anymore. And I'm probably, you know, I'm not seeing Kennedy Brooks as a second round guy, but I think third, fourth round, sure, somebody would take a chance on Kennedy Brooks. Again, uh, what we talked about with Marquise Hayes and the durability, that's, I mean, that's Kennedy Brooks. Yeah, he sat out the one season because of COVID. But other than that, I mean, the guy carried the football a ton, which, again, that can turn off some teams at times in the National Football League, that, that workload maybe that somebody's had. But if I'm looking at it, I'm saying, okay, I can draft a running back that can carry, you know, X amount of times throughout a season and handle that workload and come out the other side and start all of those games for us. I love that about Kennedy Brooks. I think he's got deceptive speed. He's not your, you know, straight line 4-4-4-3 type running back, but man, he he gets to holes quickly and gets downhill quickly, accelerates, probably has pretty underrated acceleration. So I don't know that he's as explosive as even a Ramondre Stevenson, John, but I kind of see him having the similar type of early success that we saw for Ramondre Stevenson, who was not a high NFL running back, you know, draft pick, but really latched on quickly with the New England Patriots and had a ton of success. I'm, I am all in, dude, on Kennedy Brooks being yeah. a successful NFL running back. Well, yeah, because he's got the things that make good running backs. He's got good patience he's got good vision he does have enough acceleration to get downhill and i i we just talked about you know mike mcdaniels in miami and kyle shanahan in san francisco i feel like he play he'd be really really good in a zone blocking kind of scheme that's going to use that patience and that vision uh to their benefit you they're trying to get guys out in space kennedy brooks is one of those guys that you get him out in a little bit of space you get 
get some good blocking in front of him, he's going to make teams pay. I, I'm kind of with you. I think you know fourth, fifth round is probably where I'd, I'd project him. But I think a, a team is going to get a steal in Kennedy Brooks. I, I, I think the COVID year might actually benefit him. You know, he he had you know so much uh, he had so much on his plate in carries those first couple of years. Got the year off, got refreshed, had another big year in 2021, and maybe isn't going to be going in just as uh, used up, you know, because he had the year to kind of refresh and, and take a step back. I think that might benefit him a little bit. You know, some some older guys might look at that and be like, oh, he quit on his team. But I think for him as a running back, it might actually help extend his career a little bit. Uh, probably starts off as a backup to somebody, but I could see him very easily earning a role, just like he did at Oklahoma when he started off as Trey Sermon's backup and then ended up, you know, leading the team in rushing one year. And so, and ultimately led to Trey Sermon's uh, transfer to Ohio State. So uh, let's talk. We got a few more guys we want to talk about. We also have a few more questions about the NFL draft we want to talk about. But first, I want to talk to you about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championship odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the different leagues this season. BetOnline is your re- continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline is where the game starts. And thank you so much for making Lockdown Sooners your first listen every single day. Hey, we're also talking about the NFL Draft. Make sure you go check out the Locked On NFL Draft podcast as well. They'll get you ready for the NFL Draft that, that starts April 28th. You'll, want, you'll get all the info, all the insight for all the prospects coming up there. We'll even have a big draft preview breakdown show uh, in a couple weeks. So make sure you're tuned in to Locked On Podcast Network for that. All right, a few more people we got to talk about there, Josh. Uh, and next one, this is also another fascinating one, Gabe Burkich. Uh, we don't often see kickers always drafted, but potentially he's a guy that could get drafted. Maybe he's had you know, some really successful runs as a kicker for Oklahoma, but it's kind of been a roller coaster at times. Yeah, no, it, it has been a little bit of a roller coaster for sure here and there, but I could see, I could see a franchise using a seventh round pick on him strictly because of the way the beginning of last season played out where he hit all those 50 yard field goals. Somebody with that type of range and accuracy from that type of distance is worth a seventh round flyer, right? I mean, for the most part, a seventh round pick, typically that's a throwaway pick and you might as well spit it on a talented specialist. Yeah. I think he's good enough to be drafted. Can you find some more consistency at the NFL level? I mean, that first year that Burkich was on the team, I mean, he was near perfect or was he perfect? I can't even remember. Like it's, it was a couple years ago, but I feel like last year it was just up and down when he really needed to be at his best uh, for this team and to, improve his draft stock. I feel like he underwhelmed a little bit at times. And then at his pro day, he had, you know, kind of had a couple misses that might've left some teams wanting a little bit. But again, I I think you're right. He's a guy that could be worth taking a chance on, but teams might also just decide, Hey, we're going to wait on kicker. We'll see if he's available as an undrafted free agent. And then we'll try to sign him at that point. Um, Just a few more guys to talk about. Let's talk Deller and Turner. Yell. This one's going to be really interesting to me too, because I feel like he's got the experience to be an effective um, role player for a team at safety and potentially could develop into a starting box safety for somebody, but some injury issues uh, and just some inconsistencies in the Oklahoma defense altogether might hurt him a little bit and might make it difficult to see his name called on April 28th. Yeah, probably 
will be in the get getting invite uh, getting invites to camp category. I hope I'm wrong though. I hope that you know somebody sixth seventh round says, you know what? Here's Delarian Turner Yale started a lot of football at the University of Oklahoma. Was a defensive leader at the University of Oklahoma, and somebody sort of takes that chance to see about letting him try and develop. But I would be surprised. I'm thinking probably he's the undrafted free agent variety. Yeah, and that's kind of what I thought of Trey Norwood and Trey Brown last year, and both of those guys got drafted. So, mm. I mean, there's definitely a good chance. I mean, it's hard to find you know defensive backs with that much experience. And if he was able to show like his knowledge of the game when he met with teams, that, that could benefit him a little bit. Uh, two more guys, Mike Woods. What do you think of his prospects at the NFL level? You know what? Mike Woods was probably pretty underrated for what he did for Oklahoma last season. Came over from Arkansas and made some really big plays at times. Sort of like, I guess, you know, anybody, well, and maybe you even say this about Marvin Mims, kind of at times went mysteriously absent. But I, I like Mike Woods. I think he's got the possibility to be, you know, a solid deep type threat he's got good size he's physical so i mean i could see him getting drafted and, and making an impact somewhere you know i just think back you know as you know a chiefs fan some of the guys that you, you maybe wouldn't have expected you know to have lasting careers with the kansas city chiefs and uh gosh why am i blanking on the kansas state wildcat that wound up being pretty good as a pass catching option for for kansas city and mike woods kind of reminds me of that same sort of ilk well, so think of this. He had 180, 180 fewer snaps than Jaden Hazelwood, but had more receiving yards and had nearly as many receptions. Um, he had Jaden Hazelwood led the team with 39 receptions. Michael Woods led it, or it was second on the team with 36 receptions on 180 fewer snaps. So it just goes to show like what more could he have done if he had gotten more consistent snaps. And again, the same thing we've been saying about the wide receiver group from last year altogether, like had they had more of a hierarchy, maybe it benefits one of these guys a little bit more, but it, I think the way it played out and really Mario Williams, as good as he was, he might've been, he should might've should have been the guy that was like sitting back and letting Marvin Mims, Michael Woods and Jaden Hazelwood take the lead at wide receiver. But we had to rotate guys and it is what it is, but yeah, I, I think, Byron Pringle, by the way, before I yes. lose it again. Yeah, Byron Pringle, that, that makes a lot of sense. You know, and I think I think you're right. He's a guy that has some production, some, you know, good size. He's a decent route runner. He's got good hands, can make some things happen after the catch. I think he could make some teams really happy by again, we talked about taking a flyer, sixth, seventh round pick. You take a flyer on a guy that maybe didn't get utilized enough, and you think, okay, if we get him into our system, get him into our offense, potentially he's a guy we can develop into a fourth wide receiver, maybe even a third wide receiver, a guy that is versatile, can play in the slot on the outside. I don't know. He's got that potential. It, it, again, wide receiver is one of those team, one of those positions that's always pretty deep in the NFL draft. And so it could, you know, hurt his potential ability to get drafted, but that's the fun part of the draft. You just never know. And then the guy that I think is really, really the most intriguing out of this bunch and I don't expect him to get drafted. And that's LaRon Stokes, who has great athleticism, just didn't get a ton of run uh, in 2021, had kind of an up and down 2020, dealt with an injury here and there. But what, what do you think of LaRon Stokes? Is he going to be a guy that latches onto a team somewhere? Man, I, 
I root for nothing but his success. I just will, I'll be totally transparent. Guys that don't produce in college, if I was in a drafting position, that's a big turnoff. That's a big no-go for me. If you couldn't crack the rotation and produce in college, I don't know. I just have a really hard time seeing then all of a sudden you're going to produce at the, the NFL level. Hey, the greatest quarterback in the game, Tom Brady, would be of that variety, right, where he was not the starter at Michigan and, you know, gets – drafted in the sixth round and obviously the rest is history he's you know the greatest of all time so i'm not saying that it's impossible i'm just saying that to me even with the athleticism i mean something clearly wasn't quite right with leron stokes to to just not see reps and part of it's you know talented guys in front of him i get that too i just man that would be surprising to me if he gets drafted and even beyond that if he gets into a camp and really sticks around long term and he's another guy that's kind of late to the party. You know, it, that, I think he was playing basketball when he was first discovered and then went to NEO and, and was a, a JUCO player there before coming to Oklahoma. And so he's he's got a chance if he can get enough patience from some organization. Perhaps his best route is the USFL or the XFL where he gets an opportunity to continue to play because really that's going to be the best thing that helps him is just getting more and more snaps, getting more opportunities and then maybe after a few years in one of these developmental leagues, you know, he he actually kind of turns it on and finds himself as a defensive tackle because we talked about it. Interior pass rush is that that's what teams are looking for. And he's got the athleticism to be a strong interior pass rusher. It's just a matter of can he like put it together and, and produce on the field when given the opportunity. And I think that's why probably his best bet is going to be the USFL or the XFL. Um, it's likely that it's unlikely he's going to get drafted but of all the guys at Oklahoma Oklahoma's pro day he was the one that stood out the most just to, with his sheer athleticism and so I'd be I'll, I'll be excited to see like what happens with him down the road uh, but I think it's going to be one of these minor leagues that that's a good point that you make right there and probably something that you know we lose track of at times we're focused on okay where are these guys going in the NFL draft now with the XFL returning in 2023 and with the USFL hey, there's nothing wrong with playing in a different professional league and making a living. If LeBron mm-hmm. Stokes can do that, hey, more power to you, buddy. Right, and it, and it, honestly, it benefits the leagues, those the leagues, to have players willing to play. And then it potentially benefits the NFL, too, where you have guys that, again, you, I look at like a guy like Kurt Warner, you know? He went and played the, in the Arena League. What if he would have not played in the Arena League and just tried to like latch on to an NFL team here and there he never would have gotten enough reps to actually develop into a, a Super Bowl quarterback or a, a Hall of Fame quarterback, which he is. Like you, sometimes you just got to play. Like I think back on when I played lacrosse, you know, like I played midfield for a couple of years, then I switched to goalie, and I was pretty good at goalie. But then after I quit playing lacrosse, I played like some men's club teams and stuff like that. But I played midfield, and the more I played, obviously the more the better I got. And potentially that could be the case for Laron Stokes. He's got a lot of untapped but raw potential. He just needs to play somewhere. So, LeBron, if you're hearing us, go play somewhere, anywhere, just to give yourself a chance. You never know where you're going to end up after that. All right, 12 draft declarations. How many do you think get drafted? The record, or over the last 20 years, the class that had the most draft picks was, I believe, the 2005 class. They had 11 draft selections. Most recently, back in 2019, they had eight draft selections. 
do you think they're able to match the 2019 class? Yeah, I, I definitely. What did you say? Was it 2005 when I they think had so, 11? Yeah. Well, whichever year you just said, <laughs> listening skills, got to work on those for, for myself. But yeah, it's 2005. They're not getting 11 draft picks. They won't hit that no. number. But I think they've got a pretty realistic chance to hit that eight. Uh, Perion Winfrey, Nick Benito, Isaiah Thomas feel really good about all three of those guys getting drafted. I think each of the two offensive linemen, Marquise Hayes, Tyrese Robinson, oh gosh, Asamoa is going to get drafted. That's six. And who else am I missing? Jeremiah Hall, I think, has a good chance. Yeah. And, that, I, and that's then I seven think, right there. Yeah, and then it's going to come down to, you know, uh, Gabe Burkich, maybe a Mike Woods. I think that's where it'll kind of come down to. I think seven is probably the most likely. I think they definitely have a chance for eight for sure. Um, it's it's going to be really fun. I, I love draft season. It's it's always fun to like get into mock drafts. There's all kinds of places you can go to do mock drafts. Pro Football Focus, Pro Football Network, Fan Speak, all these great resources for you just to learn more about these players. So if you haven't done that, make sure you go run some mock drafts and share them with your friends so they can tell you how terrible they are. That's right. Yeah, that's what you got to do. Yeah, and that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Thanks so much for stopping by and checking us out for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. We're free and available on every podcast platform that you can think of, including YouTube. Make sure you go subscribe there, drop a like, hit the notification bell. Let us us know how you feel about the show. Drop a comment, drop a question. And we're going to do something new, Fan Friday. Send us a one-minute video with a take, NFL Draft, softball baseball basketball 2022 college football season lincoln riley pro days spring game spring practice whatever you got send us your best take we'll play it on the air we'll react to it we'll only play a few so make it sure it's juicy hot fire like dylan 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 i don't know if you're to watch the pell show but dylan he spit hot fire so make sure you do that. Bring it locked on sooners at gmail.com locked on sooners at gmail.com for your best take. And if this is a good thing, we'll keep doing it every Friday. So send in your show, send in your shots, send in your shows, send in your, your one minute episode of locked on sooners. And we'll react to it on the show for Josh Helmer. I'm John Williams. We'll catch you next time. Boomer sooner.